Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. Here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Child of Dysfunction. Today, we have with us a very special guest. His name is Sam Mitchell. Sam is a high-functioning human being on the autism spectrum, but he has a mission. He has a mission to show people that he is not broken, does not need to be fixed, and that there is no normal in this world. He is successful with autism. He's been doing it his whole life, and he's great at it. Sam also wants to celebrate the successes of all people. He embraces who he is and feels as though everyone should be able to do the same. His mission is powerful, and this extraordinary idea is catching on and getting the world's attention. Sam has made it to the top 10 in the People's Choice Podcast Awards, placed second in the state of Indiana for the JAG Entrepreneurship Project, was selected as the best business at the CEO trade show in Indiana, has amazing guests on his show, and is in the top 200 podcasts in all of Canada, while also being a current Davey Award winner. Wow, Sam, that's a lot. So welcome. Yeah, it is a lot. You ain't getting there. Thank you for letting me come on. Oh, you are very welcome. I'm super happy to have you here. So tell them a little bit about um, how you got started in being a speaker. I know that was that's impressive. Right. So the speaker wise that came through the podcast, Autism Rocks and Rolls, which is a podcast about autism, how we cope with daily shows that you may or may not understand. But speaking came with it probably after a little over after four years ago. Okay. In 2022, when I first got my first speaking gig in Oklahoma, that's when people started hearing about me more. And I was invited to speak at several conferences after, but that was my first. Your first big gig, huh? Yeah, in retrospect, my first big gig. Okay, done, nice. Like, speeches through my school and speeches through at home that are mock speeches, but not real big speaking in front of crowd speeches. Okay, so I mean, it's you got to start somewhere, right? And you're doing you're doing great. There's people out there, I'm sure. I haven't even had my first big stage speech, so g- kudos to you. <laughs> So I'm sure growing up, I mean, I know you're motivating people and you want people to understand that autism is is not something to hold you back. It's not something that should keep you down. It's just something that is. So talk to the people about maybe some of the struggles that you had when you were younger. Uh, okay, some of the struggles I had when I was younger was I still have this struggle, but I'm very high and sensitive to certain feelings. So wet T-shirts is never going to happen. I'm not one of those people who likes that. I was probably too blunt as a teenager and still have that issue to this day. I was born with anxiety. There's no question in my mind that I got some anxiety. I anticipated a lot. My anticipatory anxiety, that was something that existed. And I got a little scared of putting on a shirt because it was too dark once the shirt went over the head. 
Okay. So hadn't thought about that one. I guess that's the ultimate being afraid of the dark is when you're just a dark for that split second while you're getting dressed. So who was your support system to help you with things like that? A uh, big time family. Family okay. at that time span. They were most of the time understanding patient. I think they did their best to determine whether, okay, this is him being on the autism spectrum or this is him being every other eight-year-old. Okay, perfect. And I think that's what I know. I have a lot of listeners that that is where they are. A lot of times they have a child that might be diagnosed on the spectrum and that's that's a big struggle. So is it because of the autism, the way they act, or is it because of something different? And that's something that I guess parents just need to learn how to discern and figure out. Yeah, and it's not an easy one to predict. It's not easy at all. My parents still probably were at points that, okay, it was him on the spectrum when it was him being an eight-year-old or vice versa. It's not an easy thing to figure out. But once you get the hang of it, learn how your child is, you'll know, okay, for the most part, this is him being on the spectrum or this is him being every other eight-year-old who's not who can't get his malt at Culver's because of the big line. Right. And that's, yes, every other eight-year-old is going to suffer those struggles and and a lot of that. Well, that's that's awesome, too, that you had a family support system that understood or attempted, you know, attempted to understand the best they could. And that's definitely very important. So give me a couple tips, like what are some things that maybe a mother might look for to try to figure out whether it's being a typical eight year old or 10 year old? Or what are some of the things that you maybe acted out or did that you can remember? Well, knowing the struggles, I think they knew that if it was a wet T-shirt, that was the autism. And I think the story with that is it was Fourth of July, and my cousin, we were we have a creek, it's country boy thing, <laughs> and I, I he didn't mean to do this. I felt so bad getting on to him for it, but I wasn't upset with him. I was just upset upset at the situation because he didn't mean to. He was a he's a think younger at the time, maybe six, five, whatever. He he decided to, you know, hop in the creek while being in the water still. He didn't see I was there and boop, got the shirt wet. And I'm thinking, oh no. And he didn't mean to. I knew it was an accident completely. So I tried tucking it in. Clearly that didn't work. So I thought, all right, guys, I gotta take this off. And they understood. And I took the shirt off. And I, I didn't have like big time friends. I have one friend who knew me since, you know, kindergarten. He knew too. So I think most of them understood that why my shirt was completely off was one, I'm a country boy, but two, <laughs> it's also because of the spectrum not getting a shirt wet. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. And I can see that because I know a lot of process, a lot of, you know, sounds. Sometimes I know some children that are autistic that have troubles with sounds. I knew a little girl that she had a thing with lace. So nothing on her clothes could have lace on it. And it was it was just kind of funny because she used to go to school. And if she had lace on her shirt, she would inevitably take her shirt off. It would you know, it, it was bothering her and it's totally understandable. And I remember her mother saying to me, what do I do? I said, well, you don't buy shirts with lace. <laughs> it seems, seems pretty simple, right? Oh, yeah. They think it's simple, but there are points where, though, it's got to get done. I mean, there's sometimes there isn't a substitution. 
Right. Like with your substitution for a shirt over the head in the dark, I guess you could wear all button up shirts so that you could avoid that. But not everything has buttons. Some things just have to come over your head. So you just have to make adjustments, I guess. Yeah. But substitutions have saved my life. One of the things I also got is a peanut allergy. I can't have peanuts, but what I did have was this thing called soy butter. It was basically like peanut butter, but I think it was a little more chunky. Okay. Chunkier it, than chunky peanut butter? Yeah, I would say so. Maybe a little smooth. I'm not for sure. I definitely, I think, tastes a little bit different than peanut butter, but pretty close to peanut butter. <laughs> and so you have a pretty serious peanut allergy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Those are those are scary in itself. <laughs> peanut allergies. So, so talk to me about your podcast because that's amazing. I love that. All right. Well, the podcast began in October 2019. I started after I joined my high school's media club. I fell in love with it so much that I decided to start my own podcast when I was a junior in high school because I saw that, oh, I'm not going to be a senior in high school forever. So I <laughs> thought the best way to continue the podcast was to start my own to further the skills because I didn't want to wait till college. I wanted to get a head start. So that was when Autism Rocks and Rolls was born. So it's called Autism Rocks. That's and the roll. name of the pod. Autism Rocks and Rolls. Yep. I love it. I absolutely love it. So for the listeners out there, make sure you visit Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast and you can hear more of Sam's episodes and hear more of his story because I'm sure it's absolutely amazing. So I love that you share for people that are on the you know autism spectrum that there is hope that, I mean, look how successful you are. Um, what what kept you going? Like what kept you from getting frustrated or just kind of falling into the fact that it, you were different or you, you know, and that it could didn't have to be better? What made you go? I think it's probably looking back on it now, the frustrations. So getting excluded, you know, with all these stereotypes. Well, I think I had every right to be mad, clearly, and I was. Also, at the same time, it gave me a little kick in the rear. It's like, all right, if that's how we're going to play, let's play that game. And clearly, I played a game where I thought, I'm going to go not higher than these people, but I'm going to make something out of myself where it's not getting labeled, rude names, getting jammed back with pencils. I'm not going there. I, I've had enough. So when I got to that breaking point, I thought, all right, eventually I got to get somewhere or otherwise this is going to be awful. Right. Right. Well, you obviously got somewhere. So what, so it was tough in school. You got picked on and kind of bullied a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, let me put it this way. I got called dumb ASF once upon a time. You what? I'm sorry. I didn't understand you. I got called dumb ASF. Oh, I did nothing. Didn't didn't hurt your feelings? No, I no, I, it didn't hurt my feelings, but but I it probably would have at a different time span. And five years ago, it probably would have. But at the time when I got it, no, no. My so, thought was really, why did you do that? Now I kind of granted ask for it because there's this app called Send It. It's this new app where you can ask people, you know, certain questions and then it's anonymous. And I think that's good and bad. I want to recommend getting it if you have low self esteem. You would not recommend it? No, not if you have low self-esteem. If you got high self-esteem and negativity doesn't bother you, go for it. 
But I asked at that time span, what do you think of me? Even though I don't care, I've never been a, I've stopped being a people pleaser. I think it's all right to know. It's weird. I don't care, but I want to know. So I put that on the Snapchat post, got a response. And at the time, yeah, probably not the nicest kid alive, but I got called with a thought was dumb ASF. Wow. And how old were you when this happened? Uh, senior in high school. Senior. Okay. So was that kind of the moment where you were like, or were you already past the point? Had you already decided, I'm not going to let this bring me down? I'm gonna... I was past that point. Okay. When would you say that point happened? Probably 2018. Because the previous year was awful. I just, it's not if I didn't want to be here. It's not if I didn't want to like, like go commit suicide or anything like that. It was just, I didn't want to leave my room. Okay. So you kind of got into a depression mode. I didn't want to go anywhere. I was sluggish, ready to go into school more, which I have before, but this one, it was worse. Mm. So, you... but then I think I got comfortable there for a little bit, but then you don't sleep forever, clearly. You get restless. So, in retrospect, what happened was I got restless. Okay. Of being there. Right. Of being in that place. And did you have therapists at this point and psychiatrists that were helping you through? Uh, I had therapy back then. I've done some therapy, like speech therapy, OT therapy, OT therapy, occupational therapy. Right. But therapists for a point did help. But as I got older, some of it works. I have nothing against ther therapy. For me in particular, no. Because while therapists are great, and it feels great to talk it out to sometimes, for me in particular, I need a plan of action. I'm not a person who says, think about it this way. No. Let's do something about it. Let's not mm -hmm. talk about it. That's a good start. Yeah. We can't stay there. Let's Absolutely. do something. Absolutely. So another question that I get a lot from people is the part that you said I you acted very bluntly or um, did you struggle with empathy and just, I mean, just being very literal? Yeah, I still do. Okay. I'm not a very empathetic person. I mean, I try to when I can. I probably do and I don't realize it. But when it comes to empathy, I tell you how it is again. Okay. I mean, when people say, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, my reaction is there's nothing you can do because while it's unfortunate, don't get me wrong, I hate it too, it's a part of life. It's a realization. Absolutely. But I have a lot of uh, compassion. So my way of love is mainly through actions. Okay. Giving people gifts, you know, doing something, providing. Okay. Well, and, you know, in my mind, I mean, you're a loving guy. Do what I want to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So being, so in younger years, I'm picturing you at like eight to 10 years old and you're having trouble and you're at school and you're being blunt and that's probably causing some problems. Did your mom help you try to find ways to work with the children that you were maybe not getting along with or what was your part in that? Probably, but I was also a terror at that time span. I will not lie. At that point, I was a complete terror because of just not of trying to fit in, being very vulnerable, getting bullied, clearly, just 
all these negative big things happening to an eight-year-old, which clearly made me lash it out at home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when did you, how long did that last? Do you, would you say that period lasted? Cause three I know that's years. three to three four, or four years. years. So kind of in your early teens, you kind of snapped out and said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be better. I'm going to try to be happier. I'm going to try to do that. Yeah. I'm going I'm to try. It didn't work. Try it again. It did work. Okay. So just keep trying. That's probably your best word of advice, huh? Yeah. That's the only you can do. And okay. I should be told, I'm not a guy who has, I understood why someone on the spectrum would choose not to have friends. But now I get it. If you choose not to have friends, I'm not saying it's okay. I think there are consequences for both. Because if you have friends, you deal with drama. Drama Amen. that can be very unnecessary. Or drama that is necessary. But you're still going through the drama. Right. When you don't have friends... You don't have to deal with people or worrying about, oh, are they going to be your friend the next day because you said something wrong? So that's sometimes the way those with not, those who don't have autism, the way they socialize in some cases do not make sense. Okay. And you're right. You're right about that. So you knowing very cut and dry, if I don't choose to have these friends, I also am tapping out of the drama and I don't have to deal with it. Right. But also, at the same time, you're lonely. And right. it, it, I know you probably thought most days it wouldn't kill to have a friend, but you're going to have days where, yeah, it's going to kill you that you don't have a friend. Right. But if, now if you get the friends, you're not lonely, but you're also taking a chance of dealing with unnecessary drama or socializing that doesn't make sense. Absolutely. So now how do you choose now? Do you like having a group of friends? Oh, yeah. I, I do like having a group of friends. At first, probably no, but now I definitely do because, yeah, the drama kind of, it stinks. But we can get through it. Right. I couldn't get through being lonely. Some okay. can't get through that. And if you're like, the, hey, I applaud you. But if you cannot get through the loneliness, then I would pick at least having one friend. Okay. Fair enough. And, yeah, I, and I, think, yeah, I did have that one friend, but my problem was, so my friend had a lot of medical issues and he missed a lot of school. Okay. Him not going to school, believe it or not, while it affected him a lot too, it affected me because basically, well, that's my one person I can talk to. Yeah. I can't, I'm going to be silent the whole day. Mm. So if he was there, you just didn't talk. Yeah, if he wasn't there, I didn't talk. But if he was there, I had the chance to. Right, right. So I'm I'm assuming now looking back, if you're looking if you could go back, would you have tried to have more friends and dealt with the drama, or would you have still just kept your one friend? And in those no, because it was too much, in my opinion. Kids are kids and they like to play games. Mm -hmm. They like to play social games, as I call it. When one minute they're your friend, the next minute they hate you. Oh, they like you and they hate you. I don't do that. Right. You're in or you're out. Right. So, yeah, I can understand it. <clears throat> it would be very difficult to have friends then. So, um, but yeah, now no, as I adults, you. We've grown up a little bit, clearly. Right. In high school, you there's some who still haven't grown out of the middle school phase and they still play the games. Mm -hmm. But then there's some in high school 
who either A, get out of that time span, or B, they've grown up. Right. And I think good children still play games. But then if you're a good person, you grow out of it. Right. Yeah. And I think playing games and being curious and prodding and testing people's boundaries and everything, that's all part of growing up. So, but you're right. You have to, at some point, grow up and get out of that and start being mature and, and dealing with relationships the way you're supposed to and in a healthy manner. Yeah, there's no way. If you don't handle it in a healthy manner, I'm going to speak from personal experience, you ain't going to get along with anyone. You're not going to? What did you say? I said that if you don't grow oh. up, you ain't going to get along with anyone. Nope. Nope, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I love that you spread a message. So do you talk mostly for children? I talk to adults. I've spoken to children. I've done a couple of school gigs through okay. elementary, just elementary. And then I've done one middle, one high. Hopefully okay. that will go up more as time goes on. Right. What would you, and I don't know, I probably should have looked this up, just curious, but what would you say in a normal classroom, like the percentage of people on the autism spectrum are? In a regular classroom? Well, that's hard to answer because the times I did it, it was convocations. So okay. I definitely saw some special needs children out in the audience. Okay. Okay. I'm just curious. I know autism is something that when I was a child, you know, I'm 55 you didn't hear about it much. And now it's, you really, you hear about it all the time. And so I wasn't sure if there was like, you know, 2% of the population or 5% or if there was any kind of percentage or wasn't sure. So. Yeah, it's, it's a big percentage and it's growing too. I think that's part of another reason why I started too was timing. I think of that time span, people started knowing people on the spectrum. It was in their daily lives. Oh, I got a friend my friend's father is on the spectrum my friend's father's son's on the spectrum oh my grandson's on the spectrum da, 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 da. yep yeah it's it's really prevalent and i don't know the causes i don't know any of the scientific or the the dna part of i don't know any of the science behind it but i do know it's definitely um i'm glad there's a lot of support I'm glad there's a lot of groups. I'm glad there's people like you that are out there advocating and helping children. I think that's amazing. I might have to disagree with you on that one because I think there is support. Don't get me wrong. Okay. It's not enough. Right. Never because enough. We've done the database because we're in the middle of that. And my mother did the research. And when they go from that computer, they think their life's over. And what we they see online, I don't blame them. They're treating like it's a death sentence. Mm. Tell us how it's not. Explain to us why you don't think it is. Right. I mean, it, it should be there. I think, yes. Are we going to have social issues? Yes. That's why my biggest challenge today. But is it on there that they're going to study potential broadcasting and become a television host show? Is it also possible that, you know, that they're also attention to detail is something special? Oh, yeah. Look at, I can think of people who do that right now. Or Monty Williams, one of my first big guests. As a kid, he played with Matchbox cars. Today, he's winning races and I think gaining more popularity. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, as I say, you know, God made us all amazing, made us all beautiful and special. 
And I think it's just very important to take what he gave you and use it as your gift. I mean, you are now spreading the word. You're you're not making it something bad. You're making it something good. You know, the best you can. You know what I'm saying? I think you're doing amazing things. I think it's amazing. Absolutely. That's what I want to do for real. Absolutely. So tell people how you can, how they can work with you besides your podcast. Is there anything else that you do? Or I heard that you might be writing a book or it's coming out. Well, we did, right? But it's in the publisher's hands and it's taking a long time. It's going to be a children's book. Oh, nice. As far as working with people, we're very open. Um, a big way we do is sponsorship, which means that you sponsor the podcast, you get advertisement through okay. just yourself, through your company, through your nonprofit, through your podcast. We do it how you want to do it. We're not nitpicky. But then there's sometimes where I'll do panels, Q&A sessions, things that are focus group material. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So they can just reach out to you. And I, I'm going to put in the show notes, I'll put your website, the uh, autismrocksandrolls.com. And I will put your podcast link. I'm going to put all that there for you. Now, Tell us before you leave, because it was great talking to you. It's absolutely, I, I love to hear stories of hope. I love to hear stories of children that, you know, had it rough when they were younger because they were bullied or they didn't feel like they felt in. And now here you are being absolutely amazing and successful. Give our listeners some words of advice, something you would leave them with. Well, I don't know if this is advice, but it could be advice depending on how you look at it. I think it's also truth. I think the road could be nice and just not act like complete idiots half the time. We get along so much better. <laughs> I think that's great advice and I love it. You know, I always say that just if everybody could just be kind, be nice and do the best that they can absolutely do. I love it, Sam. Thank you so much for coming on. Not a problem. Thank you for having me again. Good to be here. You're very welcome. And I will make sure that everybody that's listening gets these links and we will pass more information on. And again, for my listeners out there, that was Sam Mitchell. He is a very high functioning on the spectrum. He's got autism, but he has not let it slow him down. He has not let him let it take make the best of him or take the best of him. So there you go. You all have a blessed day. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about? Let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book, Surviving Alcoholic Parents. While you're there, be sure to catch my invigorating seminar, Awakening Your Authentic Self. Together, we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles. Until next time, keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now.